deeper understanding of your will and your word and to uh, add these principles to our lives, Lord, that we do not sin against thee, Lord. And most of all, help us to gain a closer walk with thee and help us to gain heaven, Lord Jesus. We thank you. We praise you. We lift up your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, um, so we're starting at the paragraph that says, I saw that angels of God were looking sorrowfully towards you. They had left your side and were turning mournfully away while Satan and his angels were grinning in exultation over you. Mercy, mercy. If you had yourself battled with your doubts and not encouraged the devil to tempt you by talking out your unbelief and loving to dwell upon it, you would not have attracted the fallen angels about you in such numbers, but you choose to talk your darkness. You choose to dwell upon it. And the more you talk and dwell upon it, the darker and darker you grow. You are shutting out from you every ray of heaven's light and a great gulf is coming between you and the only ones who can help you. If you proceed in the way you have started, misery and woe are before you. God's hand will arrest you in a manner that will not suit you. His wrath will not slumber, but now he invites you. Now, just now, he calls upon you to return unto him without delay, and he will graciously pardon and heal all your backslidings. God is leading out of people who are peculiar. He will cleanse and purify them and fit them for translation. Every carnal thing will be separated from God's peculiar treasures until they shall be like gold, seven times purified. So let me just say, we are continuing uh, talking about uh, an individual that she named in this chapter who um, had, who was apparently a minister of the flock, but he had a lot of issues. And uh, we started out uh, the, the last session that we had uh, in this chapter uh, talking about some of his issues, but we see now that he gathered around him doubts and he talked negatively all the time about, about things. And as a result, he was, he was attracting fallen angels around him. He chose to talk dark things and talk about negative things all the time and, 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 and uh, concentrate and focus on neg negativity and negative things. And uh, as a result of that, then uh, he was shutting out heaven's rays of light. He couldn't, he couldn't hear the Holy Spirit because he was gathering darkness around him by his negativity and by his doubts and the things that he was speaking. Uh, what do you all think about that? I think when when you when you're around somebody that's always complaining or doubting or I don't believe maybe God meant this and maybe God didn't. I think it's time for 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 yourself and I know for me, I can't constantly be around that person. I can stop that person and say, "Would you like for me to pray for you?" but I can't stand, I can't hang around that type of person because my thought is that the, I want to see the goodness of the world, the goodness in people. So I choose, and even when I was a teacher, I chose not to go ever in the teacher's lounge because I don't want to hear people putting, saying negative things, whether it's about another person, a mm. staff, or even a student. So I hardly ever, I mean, I can't remember the whole time I was teaching. I may have went in the teacher's lounge maybe one time, and I guess it was to, to maybe get some, like a ketchup packet or something, but I refuse to be around people that's negative because that's not what God has for me. Hmm. That's interesting. So so what I'm hearing you say is uh, that not only do we have a duty not to speak negatively, but we have a duty when other people are to stay away from other people that are speaking negatively about people. 
That's what I'm hearing you sometime, say. Sometimes we can uh, be negative and we're, we don't realize we're being negative or helping the cause. We, we could be part of the problem. And sometimes mm-hmm. we may not realize that. Mm-hmm. When we're complaining about certain things or things not done the way it should be done, we think it should be done. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we'll be a part of the problem. Right, right. And, that, and, and that, if you that think about it, isn't that what the children, are, when they were in the wilderness, they begin to, plain, to complain to God that they didn't have, they, they needed this and they needed that, and he had given them manner and everything, and they still complained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, as part of our fallen nature, complaining is, is, is big or, or, you know, at the top of, of, of our, probably at, the top of one of the list of things that will keep us out of heaven. We're constantly complaining. The Lord says to us, he says, "Be th- in all things, give thanks. In all things, give thanks. And so instead of always complaining, maybe we need to turn that around and in all things, yep. give thanks for whatever's happening, whatever's going on. I listened to a sermon last night by um, Myron Edmonds and he was uh, talking about um, how we always complaining and saying, uh, well, the Lord is allowing bad things to happen to us. But he said, he said, guess what? Sometimes it's the Lord doing them to you. He said, because the devil can't do nothing that the Lord doesn't allow. But sometimes it's the Lord doing it. He said, hmm, why is the Lord doing those things to you? Because he's trying to purify you or trying to get you to make a change. All right. Um, so, so Brother Hull had a problem with dwelling in darkness, talking about it. Uh, 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 continuing, continuing to just dwell on it all the time, Un, um, negativity and unbelief, and telling other people, well, "I don't believe this and I don't believe that." And you know, uh, as a minister of God, he's held to a little bit higher standard, I think, than than other people because he's the under shepherd and he's the one leading the flock, the earthly flock, as far as that goes. I mean, Jesus is, of course, the shepherd, but he's the under shepherd. Um, and then it says, you know, there are, it reminds me of when, uh, before Satan was cast out of heaven, he was given many opportunities to turn around, but he just chose not to. He had not, for a while, he had not committed sin yet. And he was given opportunities to turn around, but when he just refused to turn around and, 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 uh, and, and, retreat from the things that he was doing then there was war in heaven and then he was cast out of heaven so this says that god is is willing to cleanse and purify us and fit us for translation but all of those things in our character um that that is not fitting for heaven he's got to work out of us he's got to work it out of us um the next paragraph she says that um she's talking about brother brother a and brother b and she said it's a difficult and cruel position for them to be in serving the purposes of satan by suffering their minds to run just as he would lead them in the channel of unbelief their greatest sin was in talking out these dark doubts this midnight unbelief and drawing other minds into the same dark channel so um and i don't know if she's still referring to brother hall here or not or if these are two other gentlemen that she's referring to at this point but apparently you know, um, they're having some issues with with doubt and just speaking it. Um, maybe they were elders. I'm not sure. Maybe they were other ministers. I'm not certain. She doesn't really spell that out here, but um, they had 
an opportunity to speak truth and to speak light and they were not speaking that and they were um they were making disciples i'll say <laughs> for satan by expressing the negativity and the doubt and the unbelief to other people what does that say about our our responsibility to others well you know sometimes i think when it she was talking about brother a and b I, when i read that i said I kind of thought that they wanted to keep a friendship among them, so they figured, I'll, I'll just go along with it. And I think sometimes God tells us, if you, and he tells us that if it's not in his word, you don't follow it, because mm -hmm. there's no if right. they're not speaking from God's word. And I think Brother A and B, like I said, it's a lot of times it, they want to be friends with each other, so they'll go along with it, knowing it's wrong. Mm -hmm. Could be. Could very well be. But apparently they had a lot of influence in the church, and um, as a result of their influence, they were leading other people down this channel of unbelief, maybe pulling them aside. Well, you know, da 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 You know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I don't believe that. And da 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 You know what I'm saying? But Sister Karen, don't other people have a responsibility to study their word and show their self-approved? You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? When somebody's telling you something that you know is not biblical, you have a free choice that God gave you to turn away from it yourself. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely true. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't study for themselves and they rely on what the ministers and the leaders in the church are saying to them. Um, you know, a lot of people have have a and especially new babes in the church, those that have just come in, you know, they're they would be the prime targets, I would think, you know, because they don't know much. And, and you know, the the the, the scripture says in Matthew to teach, baptize and then continue to teach. A lot of times we teach, we baptize and then we just throw them into the pool with everybody else. That's and true. That's true. And we and don't continue to teach them. At that time, Karen, there was something else going on, too, was um, Sister White, wasn't it kind of like questionable about her writings and stuff? I mean, people wasn't, it's not like it today, like she was an established prophet. Right, yeah. And so that mm -hmm. was, and, and the church was kind of a, right. a church. It was a babe, a, a new babe church. So it was kind of up for grabs what to believe in a sense. Mm. Yeah, that could be. Hey, Lakita. Hey, how are you guys? So how's everybody doing? Fine. Hi, how are you doing, Lakita? It's 3.30. How about that? Uh, <laughs> who's that? Alvina? Yes. That's why I see. That's why. That's why Alvina, see. Alvina is a, the watchman on the walls, uh, Lakita. Actually, I was late myself, but not as late as you. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so, so, Sister Karen, what I'm understanding is this was during the time when Ellen White was first a being established in the church that it, because it, it was a new church, they weren't quite sure of what her teaching was about. Is that what you're saying? Well, um, as we read earlier on, uh, that she had some problems with some of the brethren uh, who right, didn't believe Donna, in her visions, who didn't believe in her right. visions and didn't believe that they were from the Lord. And, okay. um, you yeah. know, uh, and, and she wasn't, she wasn't completely accepted by, 
all of the people that came into the church, you know, because yeah. it was a new church, you couldn't really say, oh, well, it was an established church and they didn't accept her. But, you know, you this was during the period, you know, when women really were not supposed to be outspoken anyway and not, were not supposed to lead out in anything. So, you know. I remember um, reading that. Okay. Mm-hmm. You had that going on, too. Uh, down in the next paragraph, come kind of towards the middle, it's, it says, those who have had, um, uh, Lee and Lakita, we're on paragraph 431.2. And um, it says, those who have had so great a sacrifice made for them that they might become partakers of his heavenly grace should in their turn sacrifice and deny self to aid in the great work of bringing others to the knowledge of the truth. Self-interest should be laid aside. Selfish desires and self-comfort should not now stand in the way of God's work in saving souls. God's ministers are laboring in Christ's stead. They are his ambassadors. They are not to study their own ease, comfort, pleasure, desires, or convenience. They must suffer for Christ, be crucified with him, and rejoice that they can, in every sense of the word, know the fellowship of the sufferings of Christ. What y'all think about that? You, you must suffer for Christ. You must not count your own ease and your comfort and all of that. Well, that makes me think of what Pastor Fields was saying today when he was talking about when Christ was trying to tell the disciples that, you know, it's going that at, at the Last Supper that he was trying to explain to them his time was coming. And I said, and I think when you when you read that, I thought about that's why people in the world, when they look at us and they say, well, if God is if God is all that to you, then why are you going through this? And I and, and I often wonder. Why aren't you going through something? You know, if you if you're not going through something, whose side are you on? Mm -hmm. Satan ain't gonna bother you if you're on his right. side. He That's only right. wants to bother those that he knows don't hang in there right. for the until they die for Jesus. So right. that's, that's right. what makes me. That's what that makes me think about. Right. All who live godly in Christ Jesus, what will suffer? Will be Shall suffered suffer. and persecuted. Shall suffer persecution. Um, we have been going out. Um, on the Sabbath to pass out three ABN booklets. And sometimes it'd be cold, sometimes it'd be raining, you know, and, but I just said, you know what I thought about the fact and I said, you know what, Christ, Christ hung on a cross for us. So what is this? What is a little bit of cold, a little bit of rain? You know what I'm saying? Um, I can, we, so, you know, I, I would still go out even so now. Um, so I think that, that when we think about our ease and our comfort and, all of that, you know, that has no place. That has no place in, in, in our Christian walk when it comes to uh, fulfilling our commission for Christ and gaining souls for his kingdom. Any comments? Okay, let's go down to paragraph 432.1. Um, in the last paragraph down there in the quotes, it says, the minister's work is not done when he leaves the desk. He should not then throw off the burden and occupy his mind with reading or writing unless this is actually necessary. He should follow up his public labors by private efforts, laboring personally for souls whenever an opportunity presents, conversing around the fireside, beseeching and entreating souls in Christ's stead to be reconciled to God. Our work here is soon to close and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. So apparently Brother Hall would he would preach his sermons or whatever, and then he would spend all the rest of his time writing. 
he wouldn't he wouldn't go out and and meet with people and 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 um encourage people in the way of the lord and so um this is saying that that and and we all we all are disciples for christ so this really speaks to all of us that we don't just occupy ourselves with ourselves in our own homes uh it's it's of course you know we should be daily drawing closer to christ by studying the word uh, even discussing the word with our family or whatever but um that also we need to be discussing with discussing it with other people and 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 drawing other people to christ um by by personally well, well right now we're in the middle of COVID, so it, it's a little difficult to you know do a lot of uh visiting or whatever with people but uh through a conversation with them or something like that um private effort personally laboring for souls so if we if any christ said if any man will come after him let him take up his cross and follow deny himself take up his cross and follow him and so um that's what that's what this is is really saying to me um any comments okay um let's go down to the next let me see paragraph 432.3 will somebody read that paragraph for us okay i i was shown the saint's reward and the immortality wait a minute wait a minute, wait a minute wait a minute patsy wait a minute i think you're reading the wrong paragraph oh that's 432.2 read the next paragraph that starts with brother hall Brother Hall, you have suffered reproach to the tr of truth's sake. You have felt the power of the truth and an endless life. You have had God's spirit witness with yours that you were owned and accepted of him. I saw that if you gird on, on your armor anew and stand in your post, resisting the devil and fighting manfully the battles of the Lord, you will be victorious and will soon lay off your armor and wear a conqueror's crown. Oh, is not the inheritance rich enough? Did, not, did, did it not cost a dear price, the agony and blood of the Son of God? I call upon you the name of the Lord to awaken. Break away from the awful deception which Satan has thrown over you. Lay hold of your everlasting life. Resist the devil. Evil angels are around you, whispering in your ears, visiting you and laying dreams, and you listen to them and are pleased. Oh, for the sake of Christ, for your own soul's sake, tear away from that dreadful influence before you. Grieve God's spirit entirely from you. Mm, what is that saying, anybody? What is that saying to you? I'm out of, I'm out of her. Babylon. Come out of Babylon. Mm. Anybody else? What's that saying to you? That paragraph. I think it's letting us know that the devil is never going to give us a rest. And if we stay focused, not just on one day a week on the Sabbath, but if we are staying focused throughout the week and constantly communing with Christ, and asking, you know, that the Holy Spirit lead us, then we don't have time to let Satan have 
uh, area to come in and break through. Even though we're human, and but we know that, you know, greater is God in us than he is in the world. So we can call on Christ anytime we think Satan is attacking us and God's going to hear us. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think, I mean, it says to me that, first of all, Brother Hall at one time was walking with the Lord. He was in the Lord's grace and mercy, but he turned aside. He turned away. And he now, um, because of the doubts and the things and the negativity that he was expressing, now the evil angels were all around him, with, it says whispering in his ears, visiting him with lying dreams. And he listened to them. And are pleased instead of listening now to the sake now to the Lord, he was listening to them. And she was warning him, it was a warning, throw that off, throw that off, throw that off, and come back to the Lord because he does you will be victorious and and you will wear a conqueror's crown as long as you throw that off. You know, we did a um we listened to a um sermon one time by David Asherick, and he was talking about how. The more you, because uh, the, the voice of the Holy Spirit is always speaking, just like the sun is always shining. And, but the more you resist it and the more you, you, you turn away from it, it gets harder and harder to hear it. And so then uh, Ellen White says, when you place yourself in that position, it's going to be harder for you to come back to the Lord, but not impossible. If you choose to make that turn around and ask the Lord for his help, he will help you. And she, so she's admonishing him choose to make that decision to turn around and come back to the Lord and he will help you and you will obtain a victor a victor's crown if you do that you know that's what I was had looked at too was how if that the Lord hadn't just forsaken him that if he turned and asked for God's help and started resisting that he would be victorious because as we read in our Sabbath school God wants all of us to be saved and mm -hmm. times we find people who have different ideas or maybe they have fallen aside from the truths of God's word. Well, we shouldn't give up on them either. We, we all know some people who've gone out of the church and had come up with weird ideas of how things work, but we shouldn't just give up on them, but just keep praying for them because God hasn't give up, given up on them either until, you know, until a person finally grieves the Holy spirit, but that doesn't happen overnight. So. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Um, down in the next paragraph, I'm just going to highlight a couple of things. Uh, she says, Brother Hull, God wants you to come nearer to him where you can take hold of his strength and by living faith, claim his salvation and be a strong man. Uh, skipping down, you do not closely search your own heart. You have studied many works to make your discourses through thorough able and pleasing, but you have neglected the greatest and most necessary study, the study of yourself. So this man apparently was doing a lot of studying and doing a lot of writing, but he was not studying his own heart and his own motives and his own intentions. And therefore he was keeping company with evil angels and with Satan. And then skipping down a little bit more in that same paragraph, she says, you will receive more strength by spending one hour each day in meditation and in mourning over your own failings and heart corruptions and pleading for God's pardoning love and the assurance of sins forgiven, then you would by spending many hours and days and studying the most able authors and making yourself acquainted with every objection to our faith and with the most powerful evidences in its favor. So 
basically to me, she's saying there that you're spending a lot of time doing this, doing this studying and, you know, you want to meet people's objections, but you don't see yourself that you have some doubt and some unbelief and, and you, and you, your influence is negative at this point. Anybody else? But you know, Sister Karen, I think that's why Sabbath school, to, it's, I'm just speaking for me, is so important because I may read something and have a set mind on it. But then when I come together with other saints, they, you know, they begin to say, and you know, you hear what they were thinking. And then you go back and you read and you say, maybe I did miss something. You know, you have, you have to have that open mind that, you know, some, you may have missed something even though you faithfully were reading and asked the Holy Spirit to lead you, it doesn't mean that your thinking was on the right path or that, you know, you did you missed a point. And I mm -hmm. think that's why, like I said, I, Sabbath school is so important because you do get a chance to, to speak and, 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 and get a clearance on something maybe that you weren't clear, it ain't clear in your mind on, even though you've been praying for the Holy Spirit to, you know, lead you as you study the Word. Mm-hmm. I think that also goes right along with the verse to forsake not the assembling of yourselves, not only for encouragement, support, but also for the discussion that Patsy's talking about. We can all come together like we do in this class, read, discuss, pray, you know, and the Lord will lead us into all truth as he's promised. But if you out there on your own in your own little world, you're just going to be a sitting target for the devil to mislead. Uh, Karen, I think that this is a good point that Sister White is saying that we need to have spend some time in self-reflection and in um, prayer and studying. You know, um, David says, search me, O Lord, you know, um, and he also says, renewing me a clean heart and a clean spirit. He has to know that he didn't have a clean heart. And he didn't have a clean spirit. So we have to get uh, involved in reflecting and in some self-reflection meditation and thinking about, you know, our own faults, our own flaws and praying that those flaws and faults will surface, come to the surface, help us see us ourselves as we are and to forgive us and give us wisdom and knowledge on how to change. But I think- Amen. I think that's where she was trying to lead Dr. I mean, um, Brother Hall back to is, you know, it's really not about what you know, you know, it's about getting to know Christ and mm -hmm. not comparing me with the other person, but comparing myself to Christ and where do I need, where am I coming up short and, you know, just a lot. And I don't think I can speak for me. I know I don't spend as much time in meditation and reflection as I need to so that mm. I can be in the spirit of God, you know? That's an interesting point. And it brings to mind when we are dealing with other people, what is the result of the fruit of your labors? Is it to draw people closer to Christ or is it to separate them from Christ and send them closer to the enemy? You know, and that's the self-reflection uh, thing. You know, what the things that you're doing and saying to other people, is it drawing them closer to Christ or is it separating them further from Christ? Um, and also I think about the text that says iron sharpens iron in conjunction with what um, you were saying, Lee, uh, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together. 
And like Patsy was saying, when, when there was a, a discussion going on, some other things may come to light and um, may help you to gain greater understanding of what's being talked about. So yes, I think that's, that's a good thing. Um, down in the next paragraph, 434.2, um, she says that if Brother Ho would dedicate himself to God, hold communion with him, meditate much, watch his failings, mourn and lament before the Lord in the deepest humility on account of them, relying upon him for strength, he would be in the most profitable business in which he was ever engaged, for you would be drinking at a living fountain and could then give others to drink from that same fountain which revived and strengthened you. So again, this is uh, dealing with self-reflection and taking hold, laying hold of God and saying, okay, who am I really, what banner am I, am I really standing under? Is it the bloodstained banner of Christ or is it the banner of, 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 of the enemy of Christ? What am I really doing? Who am I really representing here? You know, am I, am I, Am I accusing people and complaining about people and talking negatively about people and talking doubt and fear and unbelief? Or am I encouraging people? You know, the scripture says, and I, and I, I kind of do a shorthand version of it. Philippians 4, 8 says, honest, uh, um, finally, brethren, and I'm going to do the shorthanded version, whatever is truly, honestly, just, pure, lovely, virtuous, and praiseworthy, think on these things. And so um, if we focus our attention on those things and talk about those things and think about edifying and, and, and uplifting people, then uh, we wouldn't fall into this same trap that Brother Hall fell into. Any comments? Okay. Um, let's move on to the bottom of paragraph 434.3. Uh, <clears throat> where she says, you are not acquainted with yourself and your mind dwells but little upon God. You are self-confident and pass along without knowing that self must die if you would be a successful minister of Christ. You lack sobriety and gravity out of the pulpit. These things counteract your pulpit labor. So apparently he was someone that always cracking jokes and I'm just going to theorize here. Maybe he was someone that was always uh, cracking jokes and speaking lightly and all kind of stuff when he was not in the pulpit. And so people didn't take him, people didn't take his witness seriously because it says he lacked sobriety and gravity out of the pulpit and uh, that that counteracted his sermons. So maybe he was, um, he had a totally different personality out of the pulpit apparently than he had in it. And, and it, it, it undercut his influence. Um, so that was something else that, that she called him out about. Um, down in the next paragraph, she says um, his mind was not elevated. She said, you stand in the desk and handle the most holy, sacred, elevating truths in an able manner. But when treating upon the most solemn subject, you often bring in something comical to create a smile. And this frequently destroys the force of your whole discourse. You handle solemn truths with ease, but you do not live them. And that is the reason why the heavenly endorsement is lacking. Many whose ears you have pleased will talk of the smart discourse, the able preacher, but are no more impressed with the necessity of obeying the truth than before they had listened to it. They go on transgressing God's law as before. It was the minister that pleased them and not the truths which he uttered. Mm, what do you think about that? 
So they went to be entertained. They were entertained. But because of the way that he did it, the truth did not press toward press into their hearts. He did not press the truth into their hearts. I think that's, um, to me, that's kind of where we are today in terms of uh, um, spiritual things. That, so for some reason, um, how can we say, I'm trying to say this diplomatically and, and in a nice kind way. Mm-hmm. Members, we power, I feel, to shape some of that nonsense. You know, when you get... Um, you said we what? have the ability to shape oh. and to shape the um, some of the ways that pastors approach us because uh, I said in, in, in sermons where the pastor is going along and he's speaking and you know and it's really a good sermon but no one is saying amen no one is clapping no one is shouting so they'll switch that thing up and start saying something like, you know, you said Venice or notify your face if you're not happy, just crazy stuff. Mm, And mm. the people will be like, amen, amen. You know, Mm. we promote that stuff, you know, Mm. when there is a sober message on, instead of praying and saying, help me, Lord, you know, show me the right way. uh, We are, you know, like almost disinterested unless someone is entertaining us in some way entertaining entertaining us and stuff and and we all leave out of there everybody leaves out of there no more better than they were before they came in Mm -hmm. yep that's always been part of the reason people even go to churches for entertainment uh they Mm -hmm. just uh, like uh little richard he had a nice sermon and he said that people say unless you shouting and and going "Mm," and well then you ain't preaching you just lecture (laughs) And I was talking to a friend of mine at work and I asked him, I said, so you're at a church now? And he's like, yeah, we got a good church. And I says, well, what makes it good? You know, he says, well, uh, I said, is the, is the pastor really good? Is he preach good sermon? Nah, he all right. I said, well, what makes it good? He says, they got a really good daycare for the kids. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Nothing about the word of God, nothing about the truth being spoken. He was getting what he wanted because he had some place to take his kids. And many times people just come to church because they want to be entertained. And now with so much on TV, you can watch videos, YouTube, everything, all kind of video games or whatever. Pastors got to keep up. They feel like I got to entertain these folk or they ain't coming back. Mm. Like Lakita saying, that's not the point of us going to church is to hear a word from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Not to hear a word from the world, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bill Richards, his last line is uh, that Lee was telling you all about the people will ask him, hey, what what the, the pre- uh, preacher preached? And he'll say, I don't know, but he sure did preach, you know. And that's pretty much, you know, what she's saying here. If we come mm-hmm. leave out having not gained anything, part of it is because we come in with nothing. And then we leave out, you know, and still haven't gotten anything. We have to really come to grips. Like sometimes people say, oh, he's not even preaching. He's just teaching. Well, don't mm-hmm. be taught. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And Absolutely. when you're around your friends, you say, girl, we sure had church today. And <laughs> right. Nothing about Christ. You didn't learn anything about the Holy Spirit's guidance. This guy just was up there shouting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, paragraph 435.2, she says that he, uh, uh, down in the 
third sentence. She says he neglect his closet duties. What's what's closet duties? Prayer. Right. Go in your go in your closet and pray. Meditate. And, uh, yep. Self reflection. Right. She says, so you neglect your closet duties, you take off your armor, and then you give up to a spirit of recklessness that drives angels from you and from your family. And she says, do not neglect to search your own heart at home. And she said, preserve your heart's best affections to devote to Jesus who has redeemed you by his blood. When at home, be fitting up all the time for your master's business when you shall be away from home. So basically she's saying, you need to be in that prayer closet praying and asking God for the strength and the conviction to go forward when you come out of that closet. Um, she says, and I think, you, do, you know, you know the, no, another thing I'm thinking about what she's saying when she's talking about being at home, she and she's talking about this recklessness at home, saying whatever you want to your wife, talking down to your children, unkind, rude, you know, demanding all of that that we do mm -hmm. to our mm -hmm. that we say we love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I heard a, a guy was saying that all the way to church, the dad was cussing everybody out and screaming and, sh and hollering at him. Then mm. church, oh, hi, Sister Johnson, how you mm. <laughs> Right, right, right. It reminds me of that scripture that said, how you, how you um, say you love God who you can't see when you don't love your brother mm -hmm. and or your wife or your children that, that you can see, you mm -hmm. know? And, um, she says that if, if he will if he will do these things as far as uh, uh, um, keeping his armor on and going into his prayer closet and praying, she said if you do this, you'll have on the armor every moment. And uh, she said your your soul's highest desire will be to glorify God, to do His will upon earth, and you will have sweet confidence and trust in Him. You will not feel so restless, but will have a constant theme for meditation, devotion, and holiness. You know, it's funny because right now we're at home all the time. I was having a conversation with my husband and he was like, you know, normally you would say, oh, uh, you can work from home. Oh, that's great. That's great. He says until you have to do it all the time. <laughs> 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 and then you go a little stir crazy, you know, when you're at home all the time. And so, uh, but I think about it and I think about it that we're at home all the time, but how much time do we spend, spend in the, the prayer closet? You know, how much time do we truly devote to getting closer to God during this time when he has kind of shut the world out from us right now? You know what I mean? And uh, it's like, okay, you don't have any excuse because you have no place to go anymore, <laughs> really. You know, you don't have an excuse to say, well, I've continued neglect of my spiritual life during a pandemic when we're at home all the time, you know? But you, but you know, Sister Karen, when you're at home in your prayer closet, even before this ep epidemic hit, I said, as I ask God to get the search me and, you know, help me on my, my faults and, and the, the things that I didn't know, God led me to the top because I, I mean, I knew hardly nothing about Ellen White other than just listening to other people. And I'm like, I would love Lord to get to learn about her on for me. You know what I'm saying? For me, not just hearing it from somebody else. I want, and I said, and it was amazing. I said, because when, when I said, you know, when you guys said you have a class and I thought, this is what God has been telling me. 
if you're going to be a witness for me, I'm going to equip you as long as you're asking the Holy Spirit to lead in you and you have an open mind. Because you, I had people saying, well, what do you need to know about Ellen White? You girl, you already an Adventist. And I thought, no, I want to know the whole word of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And you know what's interesting, Patsy, about that is that when we get to heaven, we will be learning throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. So, you know, for people to say, what do you need to know? Everything, <laughs> everything for eternity. Right. So if people you know? think they already know enough down here on earth, they don't need to go to heaven. <laughs> yeah. How about that? <laughs> That's a good one. Mm-hmm. As much as we think we know, we don't really know anything. Only what God allows us to know. But you know, that's why when she was talking about Brother Hall letting other people, you are influencing other people. Had I listened to those saying, girl, you don't need to know all that because you already have been. I would have (laughs) never went to God and said, God, I know that I'm falling short. Mm -hmm. Help me. Mm -hmm. I need you. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Like I said, we get to the point that we feel like there's stuff that, I mean, and I and I guess, what you know, like a couple was saying, well, girl, you know, that's what we built on. But that's all you can tell me is, you know, Ellen White helped us learn, you know, what the Bible says and go along. But you don't even study it yourself. And I was like, I'm not going to be one of those people that, that push somebody off about the word of God if I haven't read and studied for myself. Mm-hmm. And the word says, study to show thyself approved. Work been rightly dividing the word of God. So, um, yeah, you know, I always used to say there's nothing, there's no bad question or wrong question, you know. And so if, if you're wondering, if you're uh, questioning, then there's nothing wrong with seeking for the answer. You're supposed to be studying the Bible as you're searching for the truth. Oh, come here. He says, he says you're supposed to be studying the word of God as for a treasure, hidden treasure in a field, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then down at the bottom of paragraph 435.2, she says, don't be flattered by remarks which unwise and foolish people may make concerning your efforts. If they praise your preaching, don't let it elevate you and lift you up. If God's blessing attends your labors, fruits will be seen. Positive fruit will be seen. And that was the question I asked earlier. What is the fruit of your labors? Is it Christ-likeness and the people that you are influencing it? Or is it darkness? What is, what's the fruit of it? You know, as Patsy said, if, if, if they speak not according to this word, it's because there's what? Some light in them? No. No light is in them. No light in them. None, no light in them. None, none, none at all. Mm-hmm. All right. Um... Let's see. Uh, let's drop down to the next paragraph. There's a couple of points in there. Um, she says that she saw that whatever divides the affections or takes away the heart from supreme love for God or prevents unlimited confidence and entire trust in him, assumes the character and takes the form of an idol. Mm, what do you think about that? Anything that divides your affections, takes away your heart from supreme love for God or prevents unlimited confidence and entire trust in him is an idol. What do you think about that? You know, I- well, you know, that makes me think about what Elder Carroll said today when he was talking about uh, the treasures, your time. Uh, and I said, and I found myself, and I was guilty of this. 
I said I had time for everything else. I got to go to work. I got to do this after work. I got to do this. And then I may take, what, 10 or 15 minutes in a day and pray. And I said, and it didn't, you know, like I said, when I had that opportunity to go to early retirement, I took it because I knew that God said, you've got time to do everything else. I need more than 10 or 15 minutes, and then I'll see you at church. Mm. So I said that 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 made me when I studied that, I said, it's not always an object that could be your idol. It's depriving time for Christ. And now as I as as I begin to learn, I said there when it's my time for Christ, this phone, the phone can ring. And if they can't leave me a message that they need to be rushed to the hospital or something, I don't pick it up. If I'm in the middle of studying the word for God. I said I continue to finish out my word in my my devotion to to God. Mm. Amen. You know, Amen. also um, where she's saying here, she says um, uh, the heart's supreme love for God or prevents unlimited confidence and entire trust in Him, assumes the character and takes the form of an idol, such as fear, anxiety, and worry. Mm. He's mm -hmm. the place of God. When you mm -hmm. we show lack of trust because we spend a great deal of time, not even a great deal of time, but we're feeling anxious and and depressed and worried, is because you know there's something between us and God, and that thing mm -hmm. has become our God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so the idol doesn't have to be a material person, place. Or, or, or whatever it could be something mental was what you're what you're saying Makita. yeah right in fact you know what Karen all of it is mental mm. really think about it for example if you say sometimes with people I've, I'm going to use this myself this is what happened we were having our debt-free class over at Northside and we asked everybody to cut up their credit cards mm. I, you know, <laughs> I cut up my credit card right and then I was feeling the Holy Spirit started telling me that I was being a hypocrite, but mm. it was the hardest thing to cut that credit card up. And that credit card had become like mm. because my confidence that was I would that. have that credit card if I needed something. And I was not depending on God. And I'm not saying that for everybody else. I'm just saying that's the conclusion I came to for me. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Um, down further in that paragraph, she says, um, there is allowed no separation of our affections from God. Nothing is to divide our supreme love for him or our delight in him. Our will, wishes, plans, desires, and pleasures must all be in subjection to God. That's, that's a total submission to him. Our will, our wishes, our plans, our desires, and our pleasures must all be in subjection to God. Mm. That's that that's that's pretty much all encompassing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm. You know, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll do we'll do Burger King religion with God. We'll say, well, okay, all right, I'll give you my plans, but I'm not gonna give you my pleasures. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you my will, but I'm not gonna give you my wishes, or the other way around, I'll give you my wishes. That, that's like that's usually what we do. We give him our wishes. Well, God, I wish that I wish that you would da 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 da, mm -hmm. but I'm not gonna give you my will. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> mm. 
All right, uh, let's go on down to paragraph 437.1. We're kind of um, in the middle of that paragraph. She says, you are recovering yourself from the snare of Satan, but he, he is preparing other snares for you, which somebody mentioned, he's constantly after us. And is not, I think that was you, Patsy. He's never gonna give us a time when he's not after us to overthrow us and overthrow um, our connection with the Lord. And she says, God will help and strengthen you if you seek him earnestly, but study your se yourself, study your, in other words, take a, take a, take an inventory of yourself, try every motive, let it not be your aim to preach brilliant, brilliant discourses to exhibit Moses Paul, but seek to exhibit Christ. So basically she's saying you're, you're preaching so that people will see how brilliant you are and how learn it and, and, and that you are she said but you should be seeking to exhibit christ and basically hide yourself behind christ she says simplify the truth to your hearers so that small minds can comprehend it make your discourse plain pointed and solemn bring the people to a decision make them feel the vital force of truth if any speak one word of flattery to you rebuke them sharply so you know so she's saying, first of all, you're preaching all this, you're standing up there so people can see you and see how wonderful you are when they, they should be seeing Christ. But also your words are too, the, 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 the sermons that you're preaching are going over people's heads, some people's heads. Bring it down to the level where even a little child could understand it. I remember uh, we did a play over at Northside and uh, afterwards, one of the, afterwards one of the mothers came up to me and she said her little, I think at that point he was like four, she said, my son wants to get baptized after seeing that play because he understood it. He understood the play. He wants to get baptized. And she was just so amazed. But uh, I remember one, one time when one of the evangelists was here in town, he said, you know, he said, when your children come and say they want to get baptized, he said, let them get baptized. He said, because if the devil can use your children, so can the Lord. <laughs> mm hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, and finally, top of the last paragraph, she says, um, when among the sisters, meaning among the ladies of the church, she says, be reserved. She says, no matter if they think you lack courtesy, sister, women married or unmarried, if they show any familiarity with you and want to come up on you and flirt with you and talk to you and all that, she says, she says, repulse them. She says, be abrupt and decided that they may ever understand that you give no countenance to such weakness or such foolishness. When before the young and at all times be grave and be solemn. And um, so basically she's saying represent Christ at all times in every circumstance before everyone. And don't, <laughs> when the ladies come up and you <laughs> okay, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or when the kids come, don't try to go down to their level and just talk and just with them in their language or whatever, you know, their vernacular or whatever. But be, she says, be, at all times, be grave and be solemn. And that's the message for us as Christians. I think that a lot of times we want to fit in with whatever uh, group we're with. And so we, we just, we, you know, we, we, change we change to fit the group that we're in or the group that you know we're, we're dealing with and so she's saying no represent christ at all times represent the truth at all times um any any closing uh comments from anyone you know well you know you know too uh karen i remember when my when kendall was here 
and she was a teenager. She used to be like, well, mama, all of the, you know, all of the uh, 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 older women, and, and she called them older because, you know, she a teenager and they married or, you know, they're, they're in the 30 group or the 20 group. She like, but they, they wear these kind of heels and they wear that kind of heels. Now you're not, you, you going to get me some? I said, no. I said, you know what? I said, if the Lord wanted you to have them kind of heels, I said, but you don't want them because you, it's a necessity. If you want them to show, I can afford this too. I said, that's not why you go to church. And later on when uh, she was on the basketball team, and for some reason her coach that same week was telling the girls about footwear, and she was telling them, you know, I'll, you know, I know you girls like high heels, but she went on to tell them the proper way of taking care of their feet. And Kinder came home and was like, Mama, guess what? The coach said, and I thought, I told you that from the, and the Lord. But you, I mean, she's so excited. The coach said, you know, we ought to wear shoes that help our, what is it, our, our arch and all that. Uh-huh. And, you know, heels don't do all that. And I thought, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> right. I don't know who invented heels, but they're not good for our feet. That's true. I want to say um, there is a verse by, I think it's Paul that says, I become all things to all people. Uh, he's not talking about, you know, when I'm with a crackhead, I'm a crackhead. <laughs> with an alcoholic. I'm, and, and Jesus, all people were attracted to Jesus. You know? So he fit in in all different types of uh, groups of people. And Which is another way of saying we should be in the world, but not of the world. But if we truly manifest the character of Christ, people will be drawn to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think when you do carry, you know, that character of Christ, it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. Because, like I said, even when I worked, I didn't try to dress like all the other teachers. I wore things that were comfortable that I could move around in. And especially in my area with teaching, you know, child development foods and all kinds of subjects. I'm like, I was clean. I was neat. And I just thank God that he was able for me to even to afford some decent clothes that I could throw in the wash, press up and look nice in. I gave him praise for all of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anybody else any closing our uh, conversation or comments? Oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's the that's the that's you being a lawyer. <laughs> being a lawyer. Get out, get yeah, this your day of death, Karen. <laughs> oh mercy. <laughs> I guess it's just in me, y'all. <laughs> All right. Um, Lee, what are we studying next week? Okay, we're still in the book Heaven and we're on chapter six our eternal inheritance and it's okay about some of the things that we receive in heaven mm. elder curl elder i'm gonna put it i'm gonna put in a plug real quick i'm mm. ahead so i just want people to know when you get to chapter 10 it's a very long chapter <laughs> really ready yeah, yeah. I said I All said right, between good. and I'm I'm ahead in Karen's class too. I said I <laughs> I like every minute I get now and I said I'm taking my I, I use that time wisely. I'm like God I don't Amen. need to see all this stuff on TV. I need to be Amen. studying because I know that there's areas that, that I'm not familiar with or that I'm not quite sure for myself. I said, and I want to be able to, when I'm talking and witnessing to other people, to know what I'm saying and know where I found it at and where I got it from. 
Man, mm-hmm. sure everybody invites someone too. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, Lakita, would you close us out in prayer? Okay. Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, uh, how good it is to spend time together with fellow saints and those who are listening in, um, studying your word and getting a greater understanding of what it means to be a Christian, dear Father. Lord, we ask that this week that each of our hearts will be pricked with your, by the Spirit of God to spend time reflecting on ourselves and our motives as it relates to being coming like Christ. And Lord, we ask that we will also spend time thinking about you and praying and studying the Word of God and letting those words become a part of us, dear Lord. We just praise you for this um, Holy Spirit and for this um, and for the Spirit of prophecy. Now, Lord, we know that there are some prayers on people's hearts today. We may not have gathered those prayers or addressed them to the Lord. We ask that you will be with each person. Remember those who are in the hospital for whatever reason, dear Lord. Dear Father, we ask that you will um, let the vaccine for COVID be effective, dear Father. We ask that those who are um, at, on the front lines that you will continue to protect, protect them and lead them. And Lord, let us be witnesses let us be like Christ so that people will desire to be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you all for joining us today. And we will see you next week on next Saturday uh, at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. That's the mic. And um, we, uh, we hope that you have a blessed week.